Hello, this is Pastor Jay. I'm excited to invite you to come over to listen to our broadcast on YouTube. Yes, Walk in True Christian Fellowship Church on YouTube. We have some great videos over there and you'll be able to listen to all the lessons and the podcast. So again, subscribe, like, and continue to comment and listen. This is Pastor Jay. Talk to you later. Peace. godly men. I had an interview with Pastor Dr. Julius Sims, who is my pastor, and now I have the pleasure of interviewing my best friend in the ministry, my brother, my uh, our churches are like sister brother churches, we're one family, um, and we're not going to even go into our history, but just trust me, this man has a great calling on his life, I respect his ministry, it was the first ministry that I attached myself to when I got out uh, and I'm still firmly attached to his ministry uh, and everybody there. Like I said, I can't I can't say enough good things about my brother's ministry, but I'm going to give you the name. It's the Misfits for Jesus and Pastor Randy Abbott, the senior pastor of the Misfits, Randy Abbott. Hey, bro, what's going on? How are you, Doctor Sutton? So, so, do I always have to call you that? Or man, you man, you come on now. See you, you. Hey, man. <laughs> okay. No, it's but good uh, to be with you tonight. For yeah, sure. yeah. I, it's a pleasure that you took the time out tonight to come on for the show tomorrow. And uh, you know that I'm, I'm hard on. I, and I don't like to use the word hard. I, I have expectations of men. Sure. And uh, I wanted to talk to you about it. Uh, talk to Pastor Sims about it. I want to talk to you about on your take. Uh, what is your take on the state of men in America in relationship to the church? You know, it's it's kind of sad, frankly. I think that the men have stepped down when they should step up. And I see it all the time. But occasionally I'm encouraged, James, just by seeing a little bit of what I would call maybe a resurgence or maybe some interest in the gospel of Jesus Christ, not religion and not the lame stuff that we're peddled, but I'm starting to see a little bit of a turnaround with the men wanting to step up and take the lead, which is what God has called us to do. So I'm encouraged, frankly. Okay. So when you say the men are stepping up, tell me what it looks like when a man, since we got to step up, since you say you're encouraged about stepping up. Tell me what it looks like when a man is stepped out to, so that we can look forward to him stepping up. What, what does that man look like in church? What does that man, what does that man look like? What does, was, uh, I don't want to say anybody name. If I use a name, it's just for, what is Bill like? The man who's, who's in church, but not stepping up. What are some of the characteristics that he may have? I think Bill that, are you talking about Bill that is not stepping up and yes, he's yes, church? Are you talking yes. about Bill that's taking the mantle and said, I'm going to lead my family? Well, let's, let's, let's take Bill who is in church, but is not stepping up being the man that God has called Bill okay. to be. What does that okay, look that, like in the church from your perspective as a pastor? Now that's a sad, that's a sad thing, actually, because I see that, I, I see it too much. That guy, uh, you know, he's got a great job, cush job. Maybe he's just got a normal day job, just a normal job. But that guy comes to church once a week, listens to the message, and he might even throw a couple amens or hallelujahs, but he's not attentive. He's not participating in the fellowship of the brethren. And I think, to me, 
and you can roll that right into being discipled. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and if I could just use that almost for a segue, if you're talking about men stepping up, they have to be discipled to be able to step up. Amen. You know, yes. and they have to be willing to participate uh, in order to be discipled. If you have a, if you have a guy, Bill will say that's not willing to participate or be part of the fellowship or be more than a tender, then what are we supposed to do as pastors? I can't push a rope up a hill. I can't push a chain up a hill. You have to be willing to be led by Jesus. You know, I think there's a reason that Jesus was uh, referring to us as sheep because the shepherd's always out in front. He's not driving cattle. Mm-hmm. And I've come to the conclusion, I think a lot of times you can kind of sense when you're walking in the spirit, if is this man ready to step up or is he ready just to, to hold down a pew? And I think with a little bit of discernment, I, I can tell pretty much, but we're always called to be an encourager, to spur another on to good works. We're called to do that. And that's what we do. But I think um, Bill is comfortable. And, and I know from personal reasons, uh, being comfortable and a pew and being a Christian or a believer in Christ, if that's, uh, it's a dangerous place to be when you, because comfortable leads to complacency, which leads to a routine, which leads to a rut, which is a grave with the ends kicked out. We all know that. Well, so, you know what? It's kind of, you know, when you said being comfortable, and I'm going to use the word complacent, that's what happened to Adam. Well, I'm sorry? That's what happened to Adam. Yeah, exactly. Adam that happened be- to David too. Yeah, happened to David. Became complacent and comfortable. You know, uh, that's what happened to Ahab. You know, with the Ahab Jezebel story. Sure. So anytime that we have a, a a man in the body of Christ or claiming to hold hold the God's position in Christ, now we're not talking about titled positions. We're not talking about those positions. We're talking about just right. a man who has said that he has given his life to Christ. There is a responsibility that he be. He becomes a leader amongst followers. I'm going to say it again. Amen. A leader amongst followers. And uh, due to the uh, culture in America, and both our cultures, Randy's white and I'm black, but due to the culture in America and the feminine movement in America, therefore inside the church, the man has allowed the women in the church to, to be Deborahs. Thank God for the Deborahs of the church. Yep. Because where we, would we be? Where would we be? Because of the default of uh, uh, position that uh, the man has taken. I'm going to ask you another question, bro. We talked about this earlier, mm-hmm. so this is stuff we talked about. How important is truth in your uh, analysis of dealing with men versus being concerned about their feelings other than truth? Boy, I tell you what, and, and you know, it's funny because to me, the bigger the tough guy, oftentimes the more sensitive, more emotional that person can be. You know, we're dealing with that a little bit at our place, and it's a natural thing. But when you're led by your emotion, and I experienced that just yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, dealing with a person really led by his emotion, truth did not come into the equation. That's a dangerous place to be. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. When you were led by your emotion, who knows? Uh, you can easily be offended. The Bible says if you rebuke a wise man, or let's just say if you rebuke a wise man mm-hmm. that's been saturated with truth, he will love you. If you rebuke a fool, he will turn and tear you to pieces. So oftentimes, especially when you're correcting with truth, which is what we're called to do, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it, it, it's tough. It's tough dealing with anybody, uh, a man, a woman, a child that's strictly led by emotion. I, 
it, it, it's taxing, very taxing. Yeah. So getting the truth in them, mm-hmm. letting them know that we're doing this with truth and love, and I think it's really key for the disciple and the discipler. It's a disciple to whom much is given, much is required. There are things that we could say that we are held back because you know, being led by the Spirit, I need to say this, but the time is not right. So right. I think it's kind of both. It's kind of like an analogy of when you give your dog a, uh, a, a, medicine, a medicine and you know it's necessary to, to keep this dog healthy. Sometimes you have to coat it in peanut butter, put in a little bit of bread, and they don't really know what's going on. So you have to give it to them that way. I think sometimes with men, because they haven't been steeped in truth, you kind of have to package the truth up, get the truth into them. But Jesus said, do it with grace and truth. You know, some, sometimes we just have to be uh, mindful and use wisdom on how to disperse the truth. Truth stands by itself. Yeah. But I think there is a way to do it with, with love. If I just went around uh, the streets and said, repent or burn, which is truth, you're going to burn if you don't repent, right? right? We know that the wages of sin is death. Right. We know that's true. But I think being a spirit-led believer, you can kind of sit back, follow the flow of the conversation and assess where the person is in the spiritual sense and then insert the truth. Yeah, I, I, think, I like the way you said yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, I like the way you phrase that out because it is like, <laughs> I think about my dog, my, my, my German Shepherd. There's a pill I have to give him every month. Mm-hmm. And he, I, if I put it in his food, that's something that he likes. He'll spit it out. But if I put cheese around yep. it, but th- watch this. If I put cheese around it, put it in his mouth and hold his mouth shut, <laughs> he chew on it and swallow it. That's what I'm saying. So, Same principle so, peanut butter. Yeah, you use yeah. cheese, a peanut butter, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. The point being, there's a time, there's a place, there's a way to use truth. And I think when you're skilled in the word yeah. and, and walking in the spirit, God will show you this is time to speak truth to this brother. Now, whether he receives it or not, yeah, that's irrelevant. You know, Elijah said, my hands are clean. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I, I've spoken the truth to you. It's not on me anymore. You're kind of what you know. And I'm reminded that Adrian Rogers said this. I think it's a great quote. You're responsible for what you know. You're also responsible for what you would have known had you been paying attention. Now, that's challenging. Yeah, yeah. Getting that truth. You can't claim ignorance. Paul said in the past, God winked at your ignorance. You're not ignorant anymore. Yes. And, and, and I'm not winking. And, and therein lies the, the the rub issue or the balance of, and I, and I want to say this, truth, when we're supposed to tell you the truth in love, it doesn't mean truth in gushy feelings. Okay? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I know what the world thinks love is, but it's truth and willing to sacrifice, because love yeah. is a sacrifice, willing to be uncompromising, but sacrificial in the fact that we're willing to take time to tell you the truth. Yes. While the whole world is telling you lies, we're willing to wade in with you, sit with you on many different occasions and try many different ways to get in truth, but never watering truth down to the point that we're not telling you the it. truth. That's exactly you know, right. Not, not, portion it, it out. It should make you, you portion it out. It know, should make you, you uncomfortable when you get... You know what? When, when I thought about this, when I finally got the truth, I was very uncomfortable. When Nick finally told me, you know, when I finally got the gospel truth, uh-huh. I was, oh my God, I hated it. I hated it. How you going to tell me I'm a sinner? How you going to tell me that 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 I'm going to go to hell? How you going to tell me all these truths? But then once it was implanted in me straight, now, now me, I'm a straight chaser guy. Once it mm-hmm. planted me straight, I began to love him 
for willing to tell me this without being concerned about my emotional state at the time. Okay, that's good. I appreciate, you know, once I got past my objections and once I got past my feelings and once I got past my my emotional ineptness because I am receiving, now think about the ego trip. I'm receiving this from a young man. Once I got past all the superficial stuff that kept me in sin, that kept me not seeing the light, then I began to appreciate the truth that he was telling me. Amen. And I'm running, and I've been running with it now, uh, almost uh, eleven years, twelve years now. You know, never look back. Just, just as strong and as um, I'm zealous for God and the truth, according to knowledge, as I've ever been. Dude, you are a mantle carrier. You are a pace setter. You know they have that pace car that runs around right. in the 500. It's out in front leading, and, and that's that's the Doctor Sutton that I know. And you're right. I, I think it's cool because um, I'm, what I've learned from you over the years, and you and I've been through some stuff together. It's really right. really been cool walking side by side, locking arms, and it's been a really. But you never compromise the truth going way back. And there are times, and you can remember the conversations we had going, dude, why, why, why? Right. Why are you sitting and what? It's not time yet. God hadn't told me to move. Right. This this is this is only a season, bro. For real. So I'm just I'm sitting back. I'm learning. Uh, uh, you know. And I was like, I learned a lot by doing that. And you know what? That's that's standing for the truth. That's walking in the truth. Walk in truth. Yeah. And I watch that man. And that I think that's probably one of the things I most respect about you. Other than you're just a cool dude to hang out with. You know. Uh, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. But I think to watch you live out the gospel, and watch this here. Um, can I can I roll this over into discipleship? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, wherever you okay. can take it. Yeah. Think yeah. of it this way. So I did a message a couple of weeks ago, and I'm talking about the we're doing a five part series on uh, Christians, the reasons we do the things that we do, and we're covering worship, fellowship, discipleship, service, and evangelism, based loosely on Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life Book. But in doing my, uh, my my research on discipleship, I was really taking a shift, not a radical change, but a shift in my thinking on what true discipleship looked like, at least biblically going all the way back to the Jewish roots of old. They would have had a rabbi, and uh, they would have uh, aspired to to be under a rabbi. Yeah. And they would beg him, and, and they would give their pedigree, and they would give their paperwork, and blah, 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 and they would try to choose a rabbi. When Jesus comes along, flip the whole script and said, you didn't choose me, I chose you. Mm-hmm. Let's get that straight. I chose you. But in that culture, the rabbi would spend all of his time, and the disciple, he, would emulate. Not only would he uh, get truth and exchange thoughts, but they would eat together, and they would hang out together, and the disciple would learn how the rabbi or the teacher would respond to certain situations. So what, what I learned through that is... I love to like hang out in little groups of men, three, four, five, six. Mm-hmm. When we're doing dinner together, we're doing little projects together. To me, that makes a lot more sense as far as discipleship rather than just coming in to me. I'm teaching a discipleship class on Tuesday nights at 7 to 8. I don't know. I'm not knocking that if that's what people do. I'm just, the more I'm re- rethinking what that looks like to be uh, discipled and to be a discipler. And I think the key comes to spending a lot of time together, exchanging truth when we get in these little groups and we're talking about, hey, what's it look like to be a godly man in my home? Let's talk about it. And let's go to the Word and we'll wrestle through the Word and we'll talk about it. And then maybe even see 
uh, how I treat my wife in, in the confines of my home. Mm-hmm. But it's really easy to be a super saint when you see each other for an hour a week. Going back to Bill to sitting in the pew, I don't know you. You don't know me. You never tried to get to know me. I think discipleship comes when you're saturated in the truth and you're spending quality time together more mm-hmm. than just an hour a week uh, at a particular setting. In other words, all the lines come down because as a Christian, I remember early as a Christian, James, I would be like I was a uh, Christian in this group. And then I'd be a businessman over here. And then I'd be a, a hockey guy over here. And, and Jesus came to tear all the walls down to separate men. First, the veil between us and the Father was ripped from the top to bottom. And that's that separated, uh, it, it tore through the separation that we have. With, but it also, and men have been putting up these walls ever since. So I think discipleship, hanging out together, realizing we're a lot more alike than we might realize and, and realizing that, uh, hey, this is about knowing the person of Jesus, see, getting that truth in us so we can we can be the men we've been called to be. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm kind yeah, of rambling, yeah. No, 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 no. But, but, this... but, but it does make sense because it's discipleship. It's one man teaching two men, two men, one man teaching three men. But, but the key, and, and I want to be on the other side of the equation, it's up to Bill to humble himself and quit sitting there in church with the with the smart look but the dumb gaze. Amen. You know what I'm That's saying? You cool, act like yeah. you, you're pretending like you're hearing and getting it, but it's a it's it's a facade because once a question is asked about what was being said, they don't have no clue. Because because their image is I'm sitting here with that I'm just ooh I'm in I'm concerned I'm I'm in tune and I'm I'm pondering no you're not you tuned out <laughs> you left you left you left long yeah, time left ago you know <laughs> you left long time ago and again what I'm saying is at the level of 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 truth in this it was said to me that that being pastors we get discernment for the flock. Okay. I've, I've learned through mistakes. You can't say everything that, that you get a discernment about, as you said earlier. You know, that's one of the growing phases. It's like sometimes God lets you see where these guys, because we talk about the guys, mm-hmm. are at. And you really, there's nothing you can do. That's a great I, word, James. Yeah. All that right you can there do is a great word. All you can do is give them God. And then you need to step back from them, making sure. Now, see, my yo, our job is to give the truth correct and all that stuff, but then giving room for the Holy Spirit to deal with them. Amen. You know, because of course I want it done yesterday, and I get that. I, I know that's, you know, my guys probably say that's my problem, but I have a I, for the church to move forward to where the vision that God has given me. I need men who are not reactive, but proactive. Okay. Okay, you you know I can say this for your church. Your church has men for sure. You might have some bills, but for the majority, if I would say a good enough, I'm gonna say majority. Yeah, enough okay, men are proactive. Yeah, because they because yep. and and of course your women are phenomenal. But yeah, the men are proactive because you couldn't put on Faith Fest if you didn't have a group group of good men. No way. You couldn't do that. Nope. You know, my, you know, again, loads of potential. 
with the guys that that I that the Lord has blessed me with. Lows yep. of potential. But my goal is to take from potential to promise to prosperity. Okay. You know, it's like p- potential, you know, it's like you know, I, I kind of it's kind of funny when I look at when I talk to people, you know, St. Louis is the city of Wherever you went to high school is more important if you, than you went to NASA or Harvard or anything like that. It's where you went to high school, okay. where you get your social credit from. And they still talk about what you did yesterday. Okay. Now, in, in that, in, in, in being a, a regressive town, it's easy, to, it's easy to hold status on what you did yesterday. And, I ain't, and I'm talking okay. about, yes, the years. Uh-huh. Yes, the decades. But in God's economy, it's not like that. God told in 2 Kings where, where Elijah killed the prophets of Baal. He just killed 450 men. And in the next sentence, he's scared of Jezebel. Running for the hills. Yep. Now, what that showed me is, is that even though what, what Elijah expected was when he killed those 450 prophets of Baal, that Israel would turn, turn around and be right. Right then and there. Okay. But they didn't. They didn't because they were scared of Jezebel. They watched him do that, but then they, they it, it was almost as if he didn't do anything. And so he got scared because <laughs> now there's a warrant out for his arrest and he just did what God wanted him to do. And therein, therein lies the one I keep trying to tell these men. Don't look for your gratification in following God. Look for God's gratification in your obedience. Okay. You know, look for look look for look for the fact that you did what God told you to do and let the chips fall where they may, because He may arrange the chips in a way that you didn't expect. Like you go into it with the intent, I'm gonna do this for God, and and after that, it's gonna be everything gonna be all right. A lot of yeah, times okay. when we when we do stuff for God, it's not all right the way we want it to be, but it is all right because God has used us. You know, we have. To, I think as men, we have to get into the understanding. It's a privilege to be used by God. You there are not you a. Go. You know, you are born a male, but you. But God makes you a God, a man, a a, a, a man, a manly God, a God, a, a God's man. He has to make you that. That's a. That's right. a. That's part of the sanctification process. But it's. But God is giving you the responsibility to be head of the home, head of the church. Period. You can't abdicate that to the females, even though they'll come in and replace you. But that was supposed to bring shame to you. You weren't supposed to get comfortable in that. You know, Deborah, Deborah, he was, he told Deborah, Deborah reminded him, man, read that story. Deborah say, didn't God tell you to do this, that, and the other? He told Uh you how to fight. He told you who to take. He told you where you going to win. And then he said, yeah, I know that the God told me that, but I ain't going to go unless you go. <laughs> and I think how magnificent, true. think how yeah. magnificent Deborah was. Deborah understood yeah. the magnitude of the mission. She could have opted out and said, I ain't going. You better go. She said, you know what? I'll go. But the road to which you travel, the way to which you're doing this, you will miss out on the glory that God has for you. That's right. And that's what I keep trying to tell these brothers. Yeah, you're sitting in church. You're pretending as if you're connected. But you do want the glory. But your glory is evidently given to these women because these women are being proactive. 
And hold on, and it's not, and I'm gonna say this: it's not about getting me some water. It's not about carrying my stuff. It's about seeing the need of whatever and doing it. Do it. If you want to go get me some water, go get me some water. If you want to carry the sound equipment, yeah, I gave that. They eat about. I don't want nobody else carrying it, carrying it out but you men. But my point is, I'm looking for somebody to tell me, hey, pastor, instead of you getting up so early, I'll go set up the sound equipment on Saturday night. Now, 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 bro, now listen to this. Our sound equipment only has three plugs and one button to push. So I ain't talking about going in and, and, and hooking up a studio. But these are the things that, I, that I'm saying. So and we're going to finish up. We're going to finish up with this. So, Randy, you said you're hopeful. You said you're hopeful. So what are the steps that you're doing that you believe that uh, will turn Bill around? What What would you do if if you recognize who Bill was? Bill has potential. He's in the church. He's saved, but he's not living up to uh, God's potential in him. And you're his pastor. What would you say to Bill? And that'll be the final word. So, so you you pull you you having lunch with Bill. What would you say to Bill? How would you start the conversation? You know, I'm an encourager. I think it's. I, I don't know if it's one of my gifts, but I would I would ask God. What 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 does this man need? What can I say to him? What would you say to him through me? So I would look for the words of, of encouragement. Mm-hmm. See something in the brother that maybe something hasn't been seen. Something you see in him that maybe he can grab onto because he, maybe he's never been spoken. We don't know where that guy came from. Right. Maybe he's never been challenged. Maybe he's never had an encouraging word spoken to him. I don't know. I think encouragement would be one thing. And I would challenge him. And I, I think this year, and I look back early in my, my walk where I was built. Okay, and I would be Bill, and I would uh, come to church, and I would, you know, say hi, and I was that guy, James. I was that guy. What it took was somebody to simply tap me on my shoulder and say, "Hey, can you help us serve communion today?" Right. And with and I, I with with everything that I had at that point, I was like, "Ah, ah." he called me out essentially. But that's what it took for me. I think of a word of encouragement and then simply ask somebody, hey, bro, we need your help. I need you to help me. And maybe you spend some time, I think, time. So I think the, the long answer would be encourage the brother. Maybe mm-hmm. see something in, and, and mention it. And I'll make something. Don't make anything up. Don't talk about his hairstyle. Just say, hey, I've noticed this about you. What do you think about that? I think you can breathe life into a person that way. Uh, encourage and challenge him. I need you to help me. I need you to step up. I need you personally help it. Come help me. Uh, I think you can do that. I think spending some time, sometimes outside the church, um, like I said, have more for coffee, go out for just doing that. And you'll know, it's a thing. So there's a teaching series I listened to at the beginning of 2010. And what I learned through that was if I see a person like this bill and through encouragement and uh, challenging to step up and maybe even spending a little time. It's like pushing that rope that we had talked about. If that's the case, in other words, if he's low desire and high demand, I'm not your guy. I don't have any time. I, I, I just don't have the time, right? If you're high desire after spending, you know, I've encouraged you. I spent a little time with you. I've challenged and you've responded. And I think it's on the disciple. It's incumbent upon him that, okay, I'm going to I'm take up to another level. I'm going to encourage him a little more. I'm going to challenge him a little more. I think, I think it's a two-way street. But if you don't have a willing participant, 
and I, to me, there's nothing that you can do. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing. Like you said it earlier. You can't. You can't do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's try. It's try. It's, the, it's too heavy a load to pull. You can wear yourself out. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, because you waste your time on a guy that has low desire. And and, and I guess my 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 pet peeve would be if you are the guy with low desire. I know it's not popular to tell somebody that, but you could tell me that, and I'll go okay. Right. Just say, you know, I, I, I just want to sit in the pew and I don't want to really do nothing. I, you know, when it's time to get together as a group, we'll do something. But I don't want to take the lead on anything. I just want to sit and 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 sit here and, you know, and and be here. And I'm cool with that because now what you've done is show me some respect and, right. and told me who you really are. And again, I understand. That's why God in certain battles, he said, you got too many. You got too many. Send them back home. <laughs> now, did they yep. get to participate in the victory? Of course they did. Did they? Yeah. Did it benefit them? Yes. But they weren't the ones to go to war, right? You know. And 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 in, and, and I'm telling you, I'm telling brothers in the pastoral position, we're looking for other soldiers. I'm looking for other soldiers. Yep. I mean, yep. I'm not necessarily looking for the next water boy. I'm looking for a soldier. Because that's we got plenty what, of water boys. Yeah, <laughs> there's I, enough of them. I, I'm cut like that. You're cut like that. That's what we're. You yep. come to our ministry as men. We want soldiers, not in hey. word, but in word and deed. No, I'm not telling yep. you to be be the Doctor Sutton or, or Randy Abbott, the preacher. We're not even requiring you to do that. You know, we're not even. That's not. That's not even a phantom. That's not even a, a thought of mine. Like I want you to be me. I want you to, I see so much potential in some men that it scares me because they're not living, they're not even trying to head that way. Yep. You know, so. Yep, just truck on, man. What else can you do? Yeah, what else can we do? So. Hey, can I leave you with a parable? Do we have time for a quick parable? Yes, man, you got time for whatever you want to do. This is my show. Okay, check this out. (laughs) So, back in the day, I had this this crazy (laughs) kite for the kids, right? This is one of those tri-level red baron kind of kites mm-hmm. uh, but here's the thing we go to Florida and the kids would make me run up and down that beach I'd be pulling that kite right and I'd be pulling that go daddy go 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 and I'd run down the beach James and that thing would fly boy and the second I stopped that kite would crash right mm-hmm. well eventually I'd run back up the beach the other, go daddy go go they're just cheering on I'm running up the beach and I'm wearing myself out trying to get this kite to catch its own wind because I know if this kite, this kite is a bad kite. If it can catch the wind, because it done it, it does it on occasion. It takes a little work, but boy, it's hard. It's hard to crank in. You need like a, a truck to pull the thing in. So I'd run up and down the beach, run up and down the beach, and finally, if it did not catch a little bit of its own wind and it fails, I had to give up. And I think as a disciple, for uh, sometimes uh, when you've done all that you can do. You know, uh, obviously we're going to pray for the person. Let's start with praying for whoever you're you're wanting Bill to step up. Right. But when you've done everything, uh, and, and I told the kids on the kite, I said, "Listen, I can't do anything anymore. There's not, it's not catching its wind, and it's wearing me out." I think sometimes you got to just let that kite go. It's not, it's not time or whatever. Uh, metaphorically, for for uh, a Bill, maybe it's the same way. I think knowing when to move on. Uh, say, "I love you, bro." Uh, but 
I, that's why I'm always encouraged when somebody comes up to me and says, man, I'm brand new at this. I don't know diddly. And I think that's what God resists the proud. So that guy that you're saying is sitting in there and acting like he knows it all. And it's not accurate or being honest with where he is. Hey, I'm new to this thing. I don't know. John the Baptist from Matthew. Wow. I think it's refreshing. Like you said a minute ago, it's refreshing when somebody's honest. Hey, I'm not down. I'm here to sit in the pew. But I also think a church like yours, Walking Truth, because you're full of those really, they, they're following the truth, and it's a small congregation, and so is Misfits, a small congregation. Uh, a participant, a bill, they're not comfortable there for long because you can't hide in our church. Yeah. <laughs> you go to a big church, and you hide there. You, amen. That's why they don't hang out long. Amen. You're right. You're right, because we've had a couple, you've had a couple, and they don't last long at all. <clears throat> or they'll go they'll go for their position of not knowing anything and wanting to be a leader. They think another way to hide is make me a leader yep. and I can hide in my incompetency as a leader. <laughs> That's good. You know, make yeah. me a leader so That's that I can good. be incompetent as a leader. No, you're gonna sit and if you don't want to sit, you can go. You know, if you don't want to <laughs> learn, you can go. You know, and it's, and, and again, it's not it's it's personal because it's God, but it's not my personal because these are the standards that God has for men, you know, Amen. and, and the more Amen. we try to ignore as if God didn't have a standard for men, and I, and, you know, let's be honest, as much as we make the Bible about mankind, 99% of that book is written to men. He says, it brothers, is what it is. Is yeah, he says, brothers, fathers, your fathers, your brothers, men. Yeah, there's points where he's talking about mankind and God knows what a woman is a woman. But if you notice, most of that stuff, Paul says, to my brothers. And we yep. throw it, and we throw in there, oh, and the sisters. But let's be honest. When Paul wrote to his disciples, he was talking to the men. When Jesus said, go get my disciples, he told the women, go get my disciples. Well, who were they? They were men fact you know and it doesn't take away from the great things women can do in the church uh, you know nope, i want to tell people not. that i you know i want again deborah's uh naomi's bruce uh jesus uh mary's martha's man we need them Amen. because they fill in the gap when we drop the ball but what i'm saying is we're dropping you know and i'm encouraged too because i see this thing happening too where the gospel itself is coming back as being fashionable you know what I'm saying? Yep. And men yep. are attracted to the gospel. The gospel, not religion. Not the religion, not the fluff and stuff. Of Jesus. Not 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 the works-based thing, not walking yep. around in circles, but actually the strength and the power of the gospel cuz Paul said it best. He said, "I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power unto God's power unto salvation. It's God's power that we want to tap the men into, not men, you know, it's not about following us. Nope. Follow us as we follow Christ. That's it. You know. Imitate me as I imitate Christ for sure. And yeah. that comes back to that inquiry. You know. Yeah. We're not called just to receive knowledge out of the word. We're called to emulate and conform to the image of Christ. We're supposed to be little Christ. We're supposed to be conformed to the image of our God. So. Amen. I love it. I love it. So, bro, this is Randy Abbott, senior pastor of misfits for jesus right city um it's pastor jay we walk truth radio podcast 
I always want you to be encouraged, be blessed, and be at peace. And always remember, walk in truth. Hey, bro, thank you. Love you. And just hang on the phone for a second, all right? Love you, man. All right. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Hello, this is Pastor Jay with Walk of Truth Radio Podcast, and I want to invite all those within the St. Louis metropolitan area and around the world to come worship with us every Sunday at 8 a.m. at the Universal Church of Jesus Christ Building, located at 2301 Wallace Avenue, Overland, Missouri, 63114. We also have our Rescue Addiction Recovery Program on Mondays, from 7 p.m. until 8 p.m. Our Bible studies are held every Tuesday at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. You can also catch us, follow us, and subscribe to us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Please come out and join us, follow us, follow our podcast, but most of all, get saved, sanctified, and full of the Holy Ghost and always remember, walk in truth. And if you'd like to contact me by email, you can do so by going to walkintruthministries at yahoo.com or w-i-t-m-i-n at yahoo.com. Thank you and bless you. And we look forward to worshiping and fellowshipping with you. Peace.